I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah, you were right. I was wrong. You're smart. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. Hello and welcome to the Wan and Buffalo podcast, a show on the built-in Buffalo network. My name is Andrew Chang, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Justin Goddard. Today, Justin and I would normally talk about the Bills' next opponent and get you kind of prepped up for that, but the Bills don't have an opponent. They have a bye week, so they got to do some self-scouting, some um, time to get healthy, and all that good stuff. So what Justin and I are going to do are kind of give out some bye week awards, some super relatives, if you will, but specifically on defense. Next week, we'll talk about offense and get you prepped up for the game against uh, the Dolphins. So that's what's slated here next on the podcast. As always, you can find us on most social media and podcasting platforms and, of course, on YouTube by searching up The Wandering Buffalo Podcast. In addition, you can find other amazing shows on the built-in Buffalo Network, such as All Day Buffalo with Eli and um, Not Your Average Podcast in the 716 with our homegirl T. Estelle and Big Mike. So definitely check them out. They're doing great stuff over there, and I know they got big plans ready for the bye week. But Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing good tonight. I'm already a little in my doldrums of knowing that I don't have football to look forward to. But, you know, Mm -hmm. take a little time to uh, recover from the loss and get our minds right and start prepping for the Dolphins. But good otherwise. How are you today? I'm doing good, and it's been a couple days since that Monday night uh, heartbreaker, and I, I still feel good. I, Tremaine, you, you proved that naysayers wrong, and I still would have gone up for it on fourth and inches or whatever it was. It, it was the right call, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, overall, doing great. Heart rate's down to normal level right now, so <laughs> we're good. We're good. No palpitations. So... We're gonna give. We're gonna get to the meat potatoes of this, of this episode, Justin. And we have. Let's see here. Five awards with a bonus award at the end. <laughs> so let's start off with this first one. We'll get right into it. And that's again, we're talking about defense only. Okay. So early season MVP. Who do you have? Uh, I got my guy Micah Hyde. Um... It was kind of son son of a gun. gun. Yeah, it was kind of a toss-up between Hyde and Poyer for me. I think they're both deserving. Um, But I think Hyde's just having a little bit better of a season. He's getting turnovers. People decided to start throwing at him again, which, you know, I think his numbers were kind of down the past couple of years because people just stopped throwing his way, and they're trying him again, and... And he's making them pay. And I think he's been just overall a, a really bright spot to this defense so far this year. Yeah, and my my pick was Micah Hyde slash Jordan Porter, but I, I think I'll have to think on the fly here uh, for a different MVP just just so we're not on the same page and give you listeners some something else to listen to. But I, I completely agree with Micah Hyde. He's definitely the defensive MVP or Jordan Porter because those two are just playing really, really good complimentary football right now. 
they're not they're playing at such a high level and not letting big plays happen uh you know minus that king henry run uh with the 70 yard touchdown play and you know there was a video that surfaced where it looked like jordan porter was getting held when henry came through that hole so maybe that play shouldn't have been uh, a touchdown but uh that's neither here nor there uh, we're talking about Micah Hyde and Jordan Porter, and you're right. It's weird. They're try these teams are testing Micah Hyde like, like they like he's just nobody. And I'm all for it. And you know maybe they aren't testing him like nobody, but they are testing him, and it isn't working well so far. And I gotta say, the most impactful play that I've seen from. Micah Hyde thus far has to be that pick six against can the Chiefs. That that really was a backbreaker for the Kansas City Chiefs, and it, I think it fueled the team so much defensively that there was no way we we were going to lose that game. Uh, so for my early season MVP, hmm, give me Matt Milano. Give me Matt Milano. This man was playing with his hair on fire for every single game except for the Kansas City Chiefs game, obviously, because, you know, he he was hurt. <laughs> and, you know, it's hard to say at this moment what kind of impact he really had against the Tennessee Titans. I think they were telling him, like, play low, play low, and uh, defend the run, even with Tremaine, and... I think it made him a little susceptible, both of them really, to the passing and play-action passes of Ryan Tannehill. And that's not really his fault if it's a coaching decision. Like, hey, come down in the box and make sure King Henry doesn't run all over us. Whoops, we're going to actually throw all like over, over your head instead. So I, I can't really fault Matt Milano's play or Tremaine Edmonds play, but in terms of early season defensive MVP, I think Matt Milano has been playing really, really good football, and even PFF said that he's been doing amazing, and you know how PFF is. <laughs> yeah, I, Matt Milano's a guy that was definitely in the running for me here, and I just kind of edged him out a little bit, but just looking at the impact that he has on the defense, it's definitely a better unit with him out there, and when you think about you know, maybe he should be the nod for MVP here just because of the impact that he has. And I start thinking about, you know, we're looking at the possibility of having to replace him this off season and what that would have looked like. You know, it, you're either going to be trotting out probably a rookie there or AJ Klein getting more work and AJ Klein, despite how much better he played at points last season is not a guy I want out there as a, as a full-time linebacker. So Definitely respect it. He's definitely yeah. right up there for me. Yeah, and even AJ Klein, you know, when they when he got asked to play in that Kansas City Chief game, he even did well. So you know, good for you, Klein. You you didn't you you were surprised to me because I'm not gonna lie, I was very worried, very very worried about uh, that kind of play. Moving on to the next award here, not reward, award, <laughs> is biggest surprise. And I'm going to go first this time because I have a feeling you might take this from me. But it's Gregory Rousseau. 
this man so far has been impacting on defense in a very positive way. And I understand he didn't have his best game against the Titans, but he's he's a rookie, and we're going to go through those growing pains. And what I really like about this and what's why it's the biggest surprise is because he is a rookie, and everyone there was a lot of people saying, we're not so sure about Gregory Rousseau. We're not so sure about him. He had a, only one year of true production, and then COVID hit, and then he didn't play. But he's come into the league, played very, very well. And the the thing I like the most about this, Justin, is the fact that he's on a rookie year contract. Rookie deal. Like, it's so, so cheap. And you'll never get value like this ever, ever again out of a player if a player like Rousseau, if he keeps on this trend uh, track of improve, improvement. So... Got to go with Rousseau here. Big boy Groot, I'm all for it. Yeah, so that one wasn't mine. He was definitely in the consideration, so I'm not stealing yours here. And hmm. you might be able to guess where mine's going then. And and mine is Tremaine Edmonds. And that's largely hmm. to do with my own personal biases of being a little bit down on him. Probably a little bit further down than I should have been, but him just especially over the last two it's i'll shut up (laughs) yeah you were right i was wrong you're smart um yeah i was just you know i was a little bit down on him and you know i think it's fair to have really high expectations from him and and really want him to be you know luke keekly um but coming in especially the last couple games he's really been Showing me, you know, the things that I wasn't seeing of just really sticking his nose in there and and sticking a guy that's running the ball. Um, He looks like he's playing a little more loose, playing more on his instincts, Um, whereas in the past I saw him kind of hesitating to to start moving towards the ball. Um, And it looks like the, the more he keeps playing in this fashion, the more loose he's playing, the more impactful he's becoming and really really moving around the field well. And I can't really argue with yours either. Rousseau has been really great and a nice surprise, you know, coming in when everybody says, you know, he's not pro ready mm-hmm. and, you know, his stats were a college anomaly, um, all that stuff. Rousseau's looked great, but yeah. I give this one to Edmonds right now. Yeah, I, I, I guess I didn't think to put Edmonds here because I had a feeling he was going to ascend as a player. Um, and I always forget that Bills Mafia is a little divided when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds. And I'm not entirely sure why, but uh, hey, I would agree with you. I think he has played a lot better this year than his other pre- uh, his three previous years. I think he's playing much faster in diagnosing uh, the plays quicker and you saw this against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs really well and then you saw him do really well against King Henry where he would hit him as soon as he came through the hole or met him out on the boundaries and made Henry really really work for those yards and sometimes he only got like one or two of them and it was because of Tremaine so definitely a, a nice surprise there 
Let's move on to our next award here, and a little more on the pessimistic side here, but uh, biggest disappointment. Justin, why don't you take the lead here? So there was there was a lot of different ways that I wanted to go with this one, and my first two choices were between Vernon Butler and Mario Addison, and I I kind of pivoted off of them because... I looked at it a different way and I kind of adjusted for what I came into the season with expectations of, and I didn't really expect either of them to, to really be making huge impacts. So I couldn't really consider them my biggest disappointment because that was my expectations. Um, you're going to be mad at me. My pick here is Jerry Hughes. Um, I just, Hughes, your daddy, daddy. I just, okay. It's not that he's playing particularly poorly or, you know, being out of position and, you know, having the wrong assignments or whatever. It just, there hasn't been many times this season where I really feel like he's affecting the game. And even with the emergence of Epinesa and Rousseau, I still think that Hughes is far and away our, our best pass rusher. And be it team scheming for him or game planning more for him to kind of take him out of the equation. I just really haven't seen a ton of impact from him. And it's something I got so used to for so long that to say that I'm not a little disappointed, I'd, I'd be lying. So he's my pick there. Definitely not where I thought you were going to go with that, but I do see what you're saying. I think Hughes has been playing okay so far and they've reduced his snaps to more of the money downs and I guess that's kind of the Vernon Butler treatment but I think Hughes is in there more than Vernon Butler for the obvious reasons he's more of an impact player if there's anything negative that I have to hold against Jerry Hughes which you know, I mean, Hughes has been a part of this organization for so long, and I, I love him as a player. It's the fact that sometimes when he's rushing the passer, he takes those inside angles, which naturally leaves this huge hole for the quarterback to just run out and pick up a first down or, you know, uh, a couple easy six or seven yard gains when it's not necessary. We saw that a lot in the in the, you know, AFC Championship rematch game against the Chiefs. Mahomes ran a lot because Hughes kept taking that inside angle. And who knows what would have happened if we were able to keep Mahomes in the pocket and contain him more. Uh, maybe we, we would have gotten some more interceptions or some more, you know, sacks uh, or even more QB pressures. Well, I guess he, if he if he rolls out to his right and runs, he, he's pressured to do so. <laughs> but uh, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I think it's coming from a good place and the fact that we know what Hughes can be and we just want more and from him because we know he can precisely. do that. Yes. Uh, it just feels weird, right? Biggest disappointment on the defense thus far because – this defense has been regarded as coming back to peak form and when you have a fan base that 
all is where all of us are pretty much on the same page that like hey this team's doing really really well especially on defense it it seems ticky tacky or really you know hard to pick a player that i don't think isn't performing up to snuff because defense is you know i mean football itself is a team game so i don't know i i guess if i had to pick someone i would pick levi wallace and i don't think it's necessarily his fault it's because trey white is the opposite player to him so he's gonna naturally catch a lot more attention and we we already seen him kind of get picked on a little bit i think about that touchdown pass that he gave up to what's pringle from the kansas city chiefs a no-name wide receiver and then i think about how aj brown's kind of big boyed him a a little bit they were it just seemed like in the season thus far when you know the the team needed to get a possession type pass play going they they know not to go against trey so naturally they're gonna go after levi and i don't really think it's necessarily his fault and it's not like he's playing bad it's just if i gotta pick on someone i I gotta pick on you and i feel like the opposing quarterback yeah (laughs) if it's not white it's you (laughs) you right yeah um levi wallace was in consideration for me here but I think mm-hmm. everything you just said, you know, he's going to get a ton of targets with Trey across from him. Um, I also just didn't have it in my heart to put him in this category. Like you said, it's hard to really mm-hmm. pick a disappointment right now. Um, but I feel like his whole career, he's kind of overachieved, you know, being an undrafted player that not only made it to the starting ranks, but like his lockdown and held that position, um, through any competition they've brought in um Mm -hmm. overall i'm i'm i find myself pretty pleased with levi despite his shortcomings um because he he plays within his limitations and he he does what he's asked to do does he get bullied Mm -hmm. on some targets and picked on a little bit yes um but he also you know tends to make the tackle when he gets picked on and whatnot so i definitely see where you're coming from and it, it like you said, you didn't. It's not really a spot where I wanted to pick anybody either. I'm I'm very impressed with the defense thus far this year, and and as a whole, they've exceeded my expectations. So that was definitely a uh, a hard category to to pick on somebody. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna take a quick break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to wrap up this uh, super relative reward for defensive side of football here for the Buffalo Bills as they are on their bye week. Um, And we're going to pick up with the most improved award. And I think I went first last time, so Justin, I'll let you take this one. Uh, So my most improved, I have Taron Johnson. And this kind of feels like a weird pick. Um, just based on some of his late season heroics last year. Um, but it wasn't too long ago that we're looking at, you know, Taron Johnson was very up and down. He was getting benched for Cam Lewis, you know, future with the team fully in jeopardy at, at early in the season last year. And then, you know, kind of started playing a little more consistently, obviously had 
some two franchise changing plays. Um, but then going into this season, he's he's looked really good. He looks good in coverage. He's always been good, you know, in the box, sticking his nose in and run plays. And he just looks like he's really improved in in the coverage aspects, and and that was his biggest weakness, right? So when you put mm-hmm. that all all together, you know, he nets himself a contract extension, and we get to keep that secondary rolling. So that's my guy. Yeah, and it's hard for me not to agree with you, considering. Yeah, he last last season he got benched for Cam Lewis, who is honestly a pretty good backup in my opinion. And he comes back, fights for fights for like the snaps, not really because Cam Lewis Lewis got hurt, but he he understands he's got a fire underneath him because if he keeps this up, he's not going to be a starter and he's not going to get paid. But then he ha- comes back with those two pick sixes uh, and really defensive defenses have started to respect him and he's carried that momentum into this year and he's been playing really really well and i just love the fact that he when he got signed the bills put out a video with him and you know him signing and just in general where he said i want to be here i want to be in buffalo and that might be a simple statement, but I remember there was a time way back when when it was so hard to get any type of talent in Buffalo that to the point where we had to grossly overpay them. And I, I'll use Shady McCoy as an example. He got traded. You know he didn't want to come here. There was no way he wanted to come here. And he, he was mad, but, you know, the Bills were like, all right, I mean, we'll give you money. And he was like, okay. And then he ended up falling in love with Buffalo a little bit, maybe against his will. But he definitely liked Buffalo. And I think now Buffalo is a hot destination for players with good work ethic and want to come to win. And Taron Johnson is the latest example of that. So definitely great, great signing there. My most improved, I was going to say Tremaine Edmonds, but we already talked about him. So I'm going to pivot here, and I'm going to say A.J. Epinesa. And the reason why I say that is because he's year two. Year one, he was kind of not really impactful. He comes, we draft him in the second round. He comes into camp looking significantly lighter, and he's trying to learn this playbook and all while trying to figure out his weight gets hurt uh, during that Arizona game and kind of starts showing up a little bit during later in the season during last year. And then, you know, obviously he has the whole offseason, finds a good weight, comes in, has nine pressures on the Miami Dolphins himself or seven or nine, whatever it was, regardless, insane pressures that, that most teams can't even get in a week let alone the man just had it by himself. So I, I think A.J. Epinesa has shown me that he's made that jump in terms of production, uh, in terms of pressure, and even when he's not getting into the sack, he's affecting the play. So the intangibles, right, of 
pushing the quarterback up up in the pocket so other players can get an opportunity to create another pressure or get a sack or what what you will. So in general, I think AJ Avanessa is my most improved player of uh, this year thus far, at least. Yeah, it's the points you bring up. It's kind of hard to disagree with that too. He's he's also made a a very good leap this year. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I kind of gave Taron Johnson the edge here because I wasn't expecting it as much from him. Um, not mm-hmm. necessarily that I was expecting this kind of jump from AJ, but he had the pedigree. Um, that being said, I I wasn't expecting quite this leap in year two where. There, there's times he gets on a roll there where he he looks like his hair's on fire and he's he's coming in hot and I've been very impressed with him so far this year as well. Yeah, and it it's such a hard category to pick when when you came up with this award. I was like, oh man, who do who do I pick here? <laughs> um, so many so many improvements in from last year's lackluster defense right. that uh, it it's a great problem to have. <laughs> Let's move on to our last reward before we get to our bonus category. And that's the too early to tell award. And I'm going to go first here because uh, I, yeah, I want to go first. (laughs) And that's this defense as a whole. Hit my head on the mic there. So again, that's this defense as a whole. And the reason why... I said that is because although I think this defense is playing at a really high level, I don't necessarily think six games is enough of a sample size for me to understand what this defensive strength and weaknesses are. And there are some factors that come into this, right? Uh, the small sample size. I just said that. Strength of opponents. We played against, and I understand we can't control who we play against, but you have to consider this, right? We played Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. Then we, in the rain, nonetheless. Then we played, uh, who, who else? We Oh, a Ryan Fitzpatrick-less uh, Washington football team with Taylor Heineke. And then we played... A Tua uh, Tungavailoa less Dolphins team, which you know, I, I mean, Tua's Tua, so it, it, there wasn't much of a drop off when you when you put Jacoby Brissett in there, in my opinion. Um, but you know, three opponents right there, and it's not like I wasn't sold on this defense, but I was like, okay, well, uh, this definitely looks like we're going in the right way. Show me a little bit more. And then we played the Kansas City Chiefs, and we they normally score like what thirty four ish points a game at least at that time, and we were able to hold them down to twenty points, so two possess two scoring drives below their their mean, and I was very happy with it. And I started to think to myself, I was like, well, you know, rain was a factor in there too. Maybe could that have been it? And I was like, no, maybe not. So I, I say all this really to say that although this defense has shown some really, really high level of play, specifically against the Chiefs, and let's you know, let's say we toss out the two shutouts and the game against Washington, we also had a really bad game against the Titans. Like 
really, really bad. We were averaging uh, number one scoring defense, 12.8 yards or something like that per game, and we just let the Titans get 34, 34 points on us. So almost triple the amount that we were used to. That's got to raise some red flags, and again, it could only be one game. There's not enough sample size for me to really say that, oh, this defense is terrible now just because we play the Titans. It's one game. So I guess that's where I'm coming from in terms of it's too early to tell award. Yeah, I kind of I like the approach that you took there because it's, you know, we've seen a lot of good things out of this defense so far, but you know, you do have to consider the the opponents that you're playing. And we've looked... The two games I look at in particular that kind of make it a toss-up for me is is the Chiefs and Titans games. I kind of throw out the rest of them. And you go from one extreme to the other of the Chiefs being one of the most explosive offenses in the league that you all but shut down. And then the Titans, who... You know they're not a bad offense, but they're not world burners over there, and and they really lit you up. So I think that's definitely a good pick for the the too early to tell, and that's going to be a story throughout the whole season. I want a different approach, and and just I got an individual player, and mine was Boogie Basham, and mm. I think we've seen some good things out of him. We've seen flashes. He came in his his first career game with the Bills. He got a sack. Um, he's looked pretty good in in the run defense. Um, but I think he's a guy that we're gonna will be at the end of the season. It'll still be too early to tell. I think he's gonna get a bit of the the AJ Epinesa treatment from last year, where we not we might not see him active for a ton of games. You know, barring any injuries or whatnot, mm-hmm. just kind of let him groom and develop and. Boy, if we if we get anything close to the jump from year one to year two like we had with Epinesa and, and you add him into the stable there, it's gonna be a pretty mean pass rush next year. But I don't really have I don't have enough data yet to to form my opinion on what I think of Basham. Yeah, Basham Basham was a, a great pick here and I suspected that you would have picked him, so I, I went for a different route. Well done. You know me. <laughs> this time. This time I was able to um, screen that. But when it comes to Boogie Basham, right, I think he's a perfect candidate for the award. So, yes, I agree with you. And in some ways, and again, we don't, we, there's only six games played so far, I think he's had a bigger impact than A.J. Epinesa had when he was a rookie so far, at least over the span of A.J. Epinesa's first six games, right? Um, I think Epinesa had one sack, but I think he just ran Sam Darnold out of bounds, so not really, I guess. (laughs) Um, So, Bookie Basham's interesting because he's a second-round pick, and I thought, you know, he's going to be a starter every every time but he's sitting on the bench and he's coming in seldom for specific game plans and I wonder if that changes soon especially with how how the defensive line plan didn't really work for uh, defensive line plan didn't really work against the Titans 
it just flat out didn't work. I wonder if they, because Basham's got the inside outside versatility and maybe they go like, Hey, let's get this guy some more opportunities. Let's get him some more snaps. Take Harrison Phillips out or, you know, deactivate one of the four linebackers that we didn't need <laughs> out on the field against the Titans and bring in, um, you know, Boogie Basham or AJ Epinesa and really beef up this defensive line because he's flashed, yes, and he's got a high motor, so he'll never stop until the whistle. He'll play through that. Um, but I wonder if something like that happens, and if it does, I'd be very intrigued to see the kind of impact and development that he will make on this team. So perfect, perfect candidate for that award. All right, let's transition to the bonus category here before we wrap up the episode, and that's if Bean were to make a trade, who would you like him to see? What position, I'm sorry, what position would you like him to see upgrade on the defensive unit among the defense in general? So I I don't think this is going to be one that we disagree on. Um, I think I... So for me, it'd be the cornerback two position. And for me, it's not straight up, you know, one for one with Levi. I think Levi remains the starter. Um, For me, it's more if we were to make a move at the deadline, Um, just being a a player that could bolster up some of the depth. Um, I know Mm -hmm. the the talk for Dane Jackson's really quieted down now that, you know, the regular games are being played and it's not preseason. But we largely still mm-hmm. don't know what we have in Dane Jackson. Um, certainly not much else behind him. So I I still remain very nervous about what our depth looks like at that position. Um, cornerback in general, mm-hmm. let alone cornerback too. So if there were to be a trade deadline move on the defensive side of the ball, I, I would like to see the, the cornerback room get bolstered a little bit. Yeah, likewise here, and I'm not sure if Bean sees anything out there. And you saw teams such as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of suffer some injuries to the cornerback room, and they brought in players like Richard Sherman, and he hasn't played very well. So I I don't really know who's out there who could play better than Levi. So we might be stuck, and that that sounds pretty bad we we're not stuck with levi but we might not find better cornerback play out there on the streets as opposed to what we have here in buffalo and side note here about richard sherman which i thought was really funny i I saw a twitter exchange (laughs) this is i don't know if you if you heard this but there was he got hurt um I forgot and against the Dolphins and somebody like tweeted like oh you know Richard Sherman got hurt he well he can't come back any worse and then Richard Sherman replies like I could come back as you and the guy replied back he said you would be immediately less of a threat to your significant other like I was like damn like that is a burn <laughs> And like, m- like multiple thousands of thousands of people like that guy's response, and it, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, just don't do that. Don't be, don't be a piece of crap. 
you know? Big yikes. <laughs> and you won't get burned like that. Yeah, big yikes. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, it, I don't know. I, I guess if we're if there's not a if for me i i would agree cornerback two spot but i'll go a little big picture here if there's no need to have a guy like vernon butler on this team if he's consistently a healthy scratch and maybe they have him there just in case like somebody goes down aka starla tule and then harrison phillips like I think he's like the last line of defense or, or, you know, Harrison Phillips, the last line of defense. One, I propose, and this is assuming that, you know, Sartre stays healthy, that why don't we get rid of Vernon Butler? I Vernon, Vernon Butler, he hasn't done anything. He's inconsistent, and he he's expensive to be a healthy scratch. He's basically, uh, what's his name? Trent Murphy. Trent, Trent Murphy 2.0, but but he he doesn't play. Like, you know, I, I don't know. If, for me, I, I'm not about it. Uh, that That's not a good, you know, allocation of resources. And I understand where Bean was in terms of when he signed that move. You know, bring in players that you know, that you self-scouted. And they this team talks so highly of Vernon Butler, but... I've yet to see it. I don't think it's coming. Dump the contract somewhere else. I, I like the way you kind of flip that around. Not necessarily somebody we bring into the building, but maybe a little like addition by subtraction type of idea. Um, getting into oh, yeah. you know the the snaps as capital idea, um, mm-hmm. freeing up some of these these opportunities for some of the younger guys. So I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Well, uh, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Um, go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, and review our podcast, as well as other amazing shows that you can find on the Built-in Buffalo Network. We're always looking for great guests on our show, so reach out to us on our social media platforms if you're interested by searching up the Wandering Buffalo Podcast. And if you have someone else you want to put on an award, let us know, and we, we love you to, uh, we'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, Justin, where can the people find you? Find me on any social media at jgods22. And as always, you can find me by searching up Two Changs. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, Stick around for next week. As I mentioned, we'll do the offensive super relative rewards, probably something very similar to this format. And then we'll do our game preview for the spooky showdown against the Miami Dolphins. More of a fright for them than us (laughs) but uh should be a good one all in all go Bills. bills